I got to ask it, is Indiana a trap game? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I am Zach Seiko. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. It is a preview episode, the game preview going through Indiana, what the Hoosiers bring to the table, how Penn State's going to approach this game. Uh, with my ending with my prediction and how I think this game's going to flow. Uh, but we're going to get an in-depth look at both of the teams, what Penn State's going to do tomorrow, what Indiana's going to try to do tomorrow, uh, and open up the show and address, is this in fact a trap game? By definition, technically yes. It's a sandwich game for starters. Penn State is coming off that emotional loss against Ohio State. And then they have their next biggest test of the season, which is Maryland. And I, I will get into this more during the week of Maryland, but think about it for a second. I mean, Penn State always has Ohio State circled. And then you have Maryland coming up. Penn State's filled with kids from the DMV. That's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. James Franklin was nearly the head coach at Maryland. So that game's personal. These two games are on the outside of this Indiana game, which... Penn State, really, yes, they want to win. Yes, they want to play. But this is probably the most boring game on the schedule for Penn State. It's the most boring game, uh, I think, of the season. I would have to agree with that. This team also has to travel. Uh, and Indiana's just an ugly team. They're, they're not good. They're 3-5 and five overall. They're not a team that you circle on the schedule. So with the circumstances and the way that the schedule lines up, coming off of that Ohio State game, and we know that Penn State doesn't recover well from the Ohio State games. Uh, is See 2017-2018, where they lost to Ohio State by a combined five points, and then they ended up losing the following game to Michigan State because they didn't bounce back. Uh, you also saw that in 2020 against Indiana, actually, if you can believe that. And then Iowa in 2021 last year, that just kind of set the season off the rails because it was a midseason game, high implications, you came up short, and they didn't recover well. So this has been the story every single time for Penn State. So is this going to happen again against Indiana? I'm, I'm going to address that. Don't get me wrong. But by definition, this is, in fact, a trap game. Is it a trap game in the sense that Penn State is going to lose? No, uh, because Indiana's a bad team. <laughs> Indiana is really bad. Uh, despite what this game has, despite what Penn State's coming off of against Ohio State, the emotional loss, uh, Indiana's really not all that into this game as well. It's basketball season. That's what people around Indiana are telling me, that they're not even getting up for this game that much. Uh, Penn State still has the potential to look past them because of what lies ahead with Maryland. 
that that is the biggest game remaining on the schedule. I would say that is probably the uh, because we know what Auburn and Purdue meant. I would say that this is a a top five game for Penn State this season uh, with all the the close ties between James Franklin players on this Penn State team. So they definitely have the ability uh, to look past this Indiana team, uh, mostly because of the way the schedule is set up. But besides that, uh, this is a revenge game for Penn State. The 2020 COVID season, there's still a good amount of players from that team that remember it well. The Michael Penix dive for the two-point conversion. The referees got it wrong. I don't know how you have video replay and still get that wrong. You got that play wrong after you watched it on video. Besides the point, uh, I'm still bitter about it, which means that the Penn State players and coaches that are on this team are still bitter about it. Uh, and and they will take this game very seriously. Uh, definition, yes, it's a trap game, but because of some other circumstances and what Indiana brings to the football field this time, uh, not really so much. But uh, we'll get into that as far as how Penn State will approach things on offense and how Indiana will try to counter and what Indiana will do offensively with the question marks that they have at quarterback. Tom Allen not naming a QB to this point, even, even up till this point, who's going to be the first team to announce who's their starting quarterback. Cause Penn state hasn't done it either. The suspense is killing us. Is drew Aller going to start this game? It's possible. It's very possible. Um, some other setting notes that uh, are important. Penn state's number 15 coming into this game. Uh, that's 15th in the college football playoff ranking. They're 16th in the AP and the coaches polls. Indiana is unranked. Penn State is six and two overall with the three and two Big Ten record, and Indiana is three and five with the one and four Big Ten record. Uh, somehow, Indiana got a win against ranked Illinois. Uh, Illinois is higher than Penn State at fourteen in the AP and the coaches poll, uh, but they are lower than them uh, in the college football playoff ranking, which matters the most. Indiana offensively averages twenty four and a half points per game, but they allow thirty point six points defensively. Uh, Penn State, in comparison, scoring thirty three point one points per game and allowing twenty two points per game. And this game is in Bloomington at Memorial Stadium with a three thirty p.m. kick on ABC. And weather should be fair, sixty degrees, but some rain. I don't know how heavy in the forecast, but there is some rain expected throughout the game tomorrow. And Penn State is a fourteen-point favorite with a total of forty-nine and a half points. Based on those Vegas lines, this game seems to be pre projected about. Uh, let's do some math here: uh, thirty-one to seventeen in that neighborhood. That's forty-eight points, uh, but in that fourteen-point margin that uh, Penn State is getting here, it's a smaller crowd. Uh, and they're going to expect a smaller crowd because it is basketball season in Indiana. Uh, the stadium seats over 52,000 people, but I'm expecting a smaller crowd. It's not going to be a sellout. And frankly, you might get a neutral crowd. Penn State fans are going to show up in droves for this game. Uh, Penn State fans do travel well. We saw that with Purdue. We saw that with Auburn. So it's going to be the case here against Indiana, especially because there's going to be a lot of available tickets from Indiana fans. So thank you for that. Uh, and as far as recent history goes, the Nittany Lions have won eight of the last nine games, uh, including the shutout last season, 24 to nothing in Beaver Stadium. But remember back to the 2020 game uh, where it went into overtime. It was 36 to 35. Indiana went and gambled and they got the two point conversion, even though they didn't. That was the wrong call. 
Penix was down before the nose of the football touched the goal line. So therefore, when he is down and where the football is, they got the call wrong. And then that just set the rest of the season up for disaster because Penn State was actually expected to do pretty well in that COVID season. And I think that, I mean, that was the game. That was the emotional game that set them on the on the bad course. So is this Ohio State game going to be just that for Penn State in 2022? I don't think so, but they have to prove that to me anyway. Uh, in, in Indiana is not the same kind of teams that they face afterwards, right? Uh, Michigan State, those two years in 2017 and 2018 were better and would beat this Indiana team. So just it's important to note here that the level of competition that you face after that kind of emotional loss uh, is important as well. This is Locked on Nittany Lines, the game preview episode of Penn State and Indiana. Coming up next, we're going to find out what Penn State's going to do when they have the football, how the Nittany Lions are going to attack this Indiana defense. It is Locked on Nittany Lions. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up your college football season. It's easy to get started and easy to play while you are watching your favorite team, the Penn State Nittany Lions, play. It's available in over 30 states. All you got to do is just pick between two and five players across any team, and not just Penn State, and decide if they will finish higher or lower than their stat total. One of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code locked on, and that's one word locked on. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. One word locked on. Get in on the college football pick 'em action today. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host of Locked On Nittany Lines, the game preview episode between Penn State and Indiana. I uh, am... As a friendly reminder, this, this show is now on YouTube, so you can watch the video version or still, wherever you get your podcasts, listen to the audio version. But subscribe to YouTube, hit the bell for notifications when new episodes are posted. Uh, Penn State, we'll start with them first because they are the favorite team on this show. They, this is the team that we all like on this show. Uh, when Penn State has the football, and we'll start with the signal caller because James Franklin still has yet to announce a starting quarterback. Is it going to be Sean Clifford? Is it going to be Drew Aller? He hasn't named one yet. I, I can't believe that. Is he actually listening to the fans and saying, you know what, let's move forward with Drew Aller. There's not that much left to be uh, had on the line. That's not the case. Let me say that first and foremost. Uh, this team very well thinks that it can get to a New Year's Six Bowl. I believe that because if they went out they win all four of these games, which are all very winnable. They're going to be favored in all of them. Michigan State's in shambles. Rutgers uh, should be relegated with the way that they play football. Uh, Maryland, while they are a better team this year, Penn State's still going to be favored. And then you have Indiana tomorrow with a as a 14-point favorite. These are all winnable games. You win out. You are going to finish in the top 10. Uh, probably ninth or 10th because of the way they lost to Ohio State and Michigan. 
But nevertheless, a top 10 finish after a team that was giving a shot at seven and five, eight and four and best. They have high expectations. So I fully anticipate that Sean Clifford's going to start. Uh, but based on my prediction, my outcome, which will be later on in this episode, uh, I'm going to save it for last. Uh, I think that Drew Aller will get time either in some form of rotation or he's going to see snaps kind of similar to Ohio uh, towards the middle of the third quarter. Uh, he'll definitely be in in the fourth at that point. We will definitely see both of these quarterbacks uh, in this game against Indiana. Uh, as for running back, the running game, this is actually something I expect Penn State to rely on a lot. This is a road game, and the offensive line is not healthy. They are not healthy. Olu Fashionu was missing from practice on Wednesday. Landon Tangwall has still not been seen at practice by the media. Uh, and then you still have Caden Wallace, who might be out for this game. And Bryce Efner didn't have his best performance against, in, uh, against Ohio State. We saw he was terrorized off the edge with pressure by JT Tui Malowau. And that guy basically had a field day matching up against Bryce Efner. So I hope that he can have a bounce back game after that. But based on that performance, you don't feel as confident with him. And does that mean he's going to move over to the blind side? Because Olu Fashionu, he left in the last series against Ohio State with an injury, was not seen at practice. Penn State could be missing potentially 60% of its starting offensive line between Fashionu, Tangwall, and Wallace. I, I mean, that's a little concerning. I know that Indiana is not that talented in its front seven and missing players of its own, but missing three starters along the offensive line is a big deal in a conference matchup. Uh, for me, this screams a Nicholas Singleton type of game because... Indiana's front seven is okay at best. They're missing their best player, and that's Cam Jones, who is the linebacker, who's leading in tackles. Uh, now that's Aaron Casey. Aaron Casey's their leading linebacker with 65 tackles, but you were missing a freak athlete in Cam Jones, somebody who could keep up with Singleton. Uh, I think with the way that Penn State's going to game plan, Singleton could have a monster day. Monster day. And it's been Katron Allen who's really been carrying the workload throughout the past few weeks. He's had the better performances. This is a singleton day. You can book it. I think he's going to have a performance similar to either of Ohio or Auburn, and he's going to have a big 60, 70 yard touchdown of some sort. I guess that could be considered a bold prediction here. Uh, what is the status, status of Kevon Lee? We don't know. Uh, he James Franklin said in his weekly press conference on Tuesday that, yeah, they hope to get him back. He's been injured. He doesn't like to talk about it, all, all that jazz. But Kevon Lee was missing from practice again on Wednesday. So is he going to be ba back? And what's interesting about Kevon Lee's situation is that he's suiting up for games. He suited up for Minnesota. He suited up for Ohio State, and he didn't play. He took part in warm-ups. So I guess... He wasn't good to go, but that means that tells me he's close because why are you putting on your jersey, full pads, and a helmet if you're not at least close to playing? Uh, and having him back in the fold uh, would be good just to take a little bit of pressure off of Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. Uh, back to the offensive line. This is a big deal because how are Singleton and Allen going to have success running the football if three of your starters are out? Uh, two things. One, the tight ends are going to block more. You're going to see Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, Brenton Strange, who have been taking souls. They've been taking souls from opposing defenders between Minnesota and Ohio State, blocking them out of the screen. 
I've been impressed with the way they've been in run blocking, and that's why they are utilized so much in that regard. Uh, but they will act essentially as extra offensive linemen tomorrow. And you really have no choice if you are missing that many starters. We don't know. We don't have confirmation. We're playing Sherlock Holmes here because James Franklin will not let us know who's injured. And I totally understand that. You do not want to give any ammunition to Indiana. However, uh, with that being said, it seems like Juice Scruggs and Hunter Norzat are the only guys that we know are going to start on the offensive line. Uh, so could we see any of the freshmen? Could we see a true freshman? Could we see a uh, Drew Shelton in at left tackle if Bryce, Har if Bryce Effner is going to stay over at right tackle? Are we going to see a uh, Vanga Yuane? Uh, he is, I've heard rave reviews about this guy all the way from the West Coast. Someone who uh, signed on National Signing Day as part of this class of 2022. And they say he's just a mammoth. He had pure strength. He is going to be a starter probably next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he slides in right at guard. He can play guard or tackle. So wherever they need him, Yuane is going to, I think he might see some time here and be able to preserve that red shirt since we haven't seen him on the football field. Uh, as for the passing game, uh, and this ties into the offensive line again, if the offensive line isn't going to be as strong and have enough time to protect, then this is going to be a quick passing game so that Sean Clifford or Drew Aller does not have to get hit a whole bunch. Uh, the protection, I'm confident even with the guys in rotation, and you can even throw J.B. Nelson into the mix, uh, the transfer from JUCO, from Lackawanna College. Uh, but Penn State's offensive line it isn't going to be a stout, so you're going to see quick slants. You're going to see bubble screens. Uh, and any of the guys could step up. Keandre Lambert-Smith scored against Ohio State. Parker Washington had over 175 yards in the game that he had against Ohio State. Uh, he scored that touchdown on that quick slant. So you're going to see a lot of quick passes uh, and Sean Clifford and Drew Aller getting the ball out of their hands quickly so that they don't so that they don't get hit, so they don't get banged up because you need them. And you definitely need Sean Clifford as your starter and you need Drew Aller. You need your one and two quarterbacks for these next three games. You don't want to put them in harm's way. That's why I think it's going to be a run heavy focus uh, and pass the ball when you need to and adjust on based on what Indiana is giving you. So, uh, Nicholas Singleton should have probably one of the best games of this season, uh, not because Katron Allen can't. They could have an equal performance, but it's about time we see that home run from Nicholas Singleton, uh, don't you think? It's the game preview episode, Penn State versus Indiana. In our final segment here, I'm going to talk about what Indiana will do with the football. Some key names you need to know. They have not named a starting quarterback either. I mean... James Franklin and Tom Allen conveniently doing this right before they face each other. Uh, Tom Allen called it gamesmanship, the head coach for Indiana. Whatever it is, uh, I guess it's fun to play the guessing game. Guess who's going to be the quarterback at this point? The scouting report for Indiana's offense and my official prediction for this game are next. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. Final segment, which is going to include my official score prediction. But first, we got to get through the Hoosiers. What do they do offensively? Well, uh, let's start with this. Just the basics. They're led by head coach Tom Allen. He's actually 29 and 37 into his sixth season as the head coach of the Hoosiers. Uh, a great 2020 year. They were 6-2. and two. The only loss in Big Ten play was to Ohio State by seven points. 
uh, but they've truly fallen from grace after that point. A bad season last year. They're not off to a good start this year. They were better than expected. Indiana was actually expected to go 2-10 and 10 this season. They're 3-5, and five, so they're doing a little bit better. Uh, Tom Allen is a guy that actually wants to go as fast as they can. Uh, you remember the Joe Moorhead offense, Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, all that. They were fast. This Indiana offense plays much faster, but not with the same talent. Uh, they average 18 seconds in between plays. The college football average is 26. I, I know eight seconds doesn't seem like a very much of a big difference, but in this case, it is. Uh, they also average a total of 77 plays per game. So what is going on at quarterback? Uh, when I talked to Jacob Root of Locked On Hoosiers yesterday, he was actually very surprised in the fact that Indiana was having a quarterback battle, that they weren't going to name somebody. Connor Bazelak's been the guy that's been starting, played sparingly uh, throughout his he transfer and into the program. Uh, but this year, he's completing under 55% of his passes, uh, 2,100 yards passing, 12 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's not good enough because they are on this five-game losing streak. So maybe Tom Allen's trying to uh, maybe build some momentum or just try to do something to juice up the offense. In come Jack Tuttle, right? The transfer quarterback from Utah. No. Jack Tuttle is a captain, but he already put his name in there. He announced that he's going to put his name in the transfer portal. He's preserving that COVID year, and he's going to transfer out. So he is not playing. He's unavailable, even though he is healthy and could play in this game. Then that leaves the only other realistic option of Dexter Williams, the second. Dexter Williams, the second, is a dual-threat quarterback and actually might be one of the best athletes on this Indiana offense if he plays. But he's coming back from injury. There's no tape on him. There's no tape. He's a ghost. He hasn't shown up in any film. You, you can't scout him other than his high school tape. Uh, he did well in fall camp last year. Uh, Indiana reporters and fans and, and the team thought he was one of the most improved players. Suffered an injury, and now he might be available. Uh, so if Dexter Williams the second plays, you might see a, to a radical change of offense here in terms of option. Like think back to Michigan with Denard Robinson, Shoestrings Robinson, if uh, any of you fans remember him from back in the day. Uh, I remember watching him. Was He was electric running the, running the football passing. He was okay. Uh, but that's what I would say the offense would turn to. I'm not saying Williams the second would necessarily be Denard Robinson right out of the gate, but it would at least add another wrinkle. And Indiana has not been good running the football. So this might be a case where you see Williams in the game sparingly, like, you know, put him in for a couple series, see if he can uh, move the offense a little bit. Or he does start and Tom Allen says, you know what, we play fast. He's fast. Let's just give it a try. What do we have to lose at this point? And that's why... I brought up the idea of, is this a trap game? Because Indiana's going to play like they have nothing to lose. Penn State's still got a lot on the line here with a 10-2 and two season, 6-2 and two in the Big Ten, or 7-2 and two in the Big Ten. And Indiana's not going to play like they have anything left. They're just going to go out there and play some football. Uh, so what will they do offensively regardless of the situation at quarterback? Well, their number one wide receiver, and it was clearly he was the number one leading the team by a wide margin in catches, yards, and, 
and not necessarily touchdowns, but that was Cam Camper. He's out for the season with an ACL injury. Emery Simmons is the next guy with 29 receptions and 309 yards compared to Camper's 46 catches for 569 yards. The running game. And I mean, when I say bad, I mean bad. Indiana is 128th in the FBS when it comes to rushing the football. That's nearly dead last. They're averaging a little over 80 yards per game, probably because of a bad offensive line. Uh, Sean Shivers and Josh Henderson are the two leading backs, 405 yards and 242 yards, respectively. They do have seven rushing touchdowns together. Uh, and you do have to consider Josh Henderson out of the backfield as a pass catcher. He's actually the third leading receiver on this team with 223 yards and 17 catches to go along with it. But this offensive line is one of the worst in the Big Ten. I actually like Penn State's defense here in this spot because the running game is not good. And we've seen Penn State struggle with a good rushing attack. It showed up against Central Michigan. It showed up big time against Michigan. And those stats were inflated when they were top five in run defense. And I get that. But Michigan showed that there are some holes in the Penn State running defense. Ohio State had some success. Not as much as you would think, but they still had some success running the football uh, for, for a solid portion of the game. Not too much. Uh, Penn State actually gave them some headaches. So they made some adjustments. But since Indiana's so bad at running the football, no matter who's in at quarterback, uh, Penn State's going to sell out for the run. And I see this actually very similar to the Minnesota game in, in terms of the way this team matches up because Penn State now has the luxury of stacking the box. They can game plan for the run because Dexter Williams and Connor Bazelak, whoever's in a quarterback, isn't going to be able to throw the ball as successfully. You're missing your best passing target. Uh, you already struggle on the ground game, so you can't set up the other aspects of the game. And Penn State so stout in the secondary that you have that luxury of putting Joey Porter Jr. on an island, Kalen King on an island, having Jair Brown over the top. You can put eight in the box and feel comfortable with those three guys basically uh, essentially playing cover three all by themselves. So I, I like this matchup for Penn State a lot, and that goes right into my prediction here. Uh, depending on who the quarterback is for Indiana, I actually think Dexter Williams will present a bigger problem because now if you have the option in, it's not on tape. It would be something brand new. Uh, but even if that's the case, Dexter Williams, I don't know how much rhythm he's going to have with this offense because Connor Bazelak has been leading this team. And Bazelak's tough. He's tough as nails. I've, I've heard that all week about just uh, toughness and, and how mentally strong he is. I guess that can only go so far because you've lost five games in a row. Uh, but this Indiana team, they will struggle moving the football in general. Uh, and Penn State is going to have, I think, a field day. And no matter who's in at quarterback, I think they're going to force some turnovers as well because they're going to put Indiana in tough situations. They don't want to pass the ball. Uh, even though that's what they're better at. They don't want to pass it against the secondary. Uh, and Penn State, like the Minnesota game, is going to have that favorable matchup. Sell out for the run. Have the secondary there to back you up. Be on islands to cover the pass. And, and this is an easy win. It, it's a trap game by definition, but not a trap game in the sense of the matchup and just how much more talent Penn State has available at this point. Uh, it's the revenge spot as well. I talked about that at the beginning of the episode for the 2020 Open of the season. There's coaches and players that remember this game very well in Bloomington, and, and they want to get revenge. 
And uh, to come off that Ohio State loss, because let's go back to that. You're coming off the emotional loss against Ohio State. This is a different team from what I've gathered. Uh, And year to year, they change, even though it seems like that's been a consistent, that they struggle after that emotional loss. P.J. Mustafer and Jair Brown seem to have this group ready to go. They're different senior leaders this time around. Sean Clifford as well. I don't think they're going to look past Indiana. They know what lies ahead uh, with the stakes that are on the season, especially in that Maryland game. But this is a game they will take seriously. So my score prediction, I'm going to go Penn State 38 and Indiana 17. I think there will be a garbage touchdown of, of some sort because Indiana just loves to push the tempo They are one of the fastest in the country. They're top 10 in terms of pace. Uh, So Indiana, if they do sub in a Dexter Williams or have him in late in the game, Penn State might have some rotational guys in when it's 38 to 10. And I can see a backdoor touchdown uh, coming in at the end. So Penn State 38, Indiana 17, and Penn State will move on into that uh, that game against Maryland with a 7-2 record and and 4-2 in the Big Ten. That's going to do it for me. I hope you enjoyed this game preview. You can follow me on Twitter at Locked On Nittany Lions and at my personal account, Zach underscore Seiko. Uh, also, subscribe to the YouTube now that we are on video and audio. So, still available wherever you get your podcasts and available now on YouTube if you want to watch the shows. Uh, I will also be doing uh, I will be doing a reaction immediately following this game. So, look for that. And I will be recapping this all on Monday. So thanks for joining me on this one, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.